All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Beer District Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm joined with co-host Josh Waldock. I do some writing for Wisconsin Sports Rooks, and we both are contributors at Reviewing the Brew. Happy Labor Day weekend to everyone. It certainly was a great weekend for Brewers baseball. Didn't necessarily start off the best, uh, but definitely got some Craig Timber magic working already. So uh, taking two out of three against the Cardinals. And Josh, I know you're able to catch one of the games at American Family Field this weekend. So how was that experience? Yeah, I was there on Saturday night for Hauser, and it was it was crazy. I mean, he was he was zoned in. I mean, he was hundred I think hundred pitches is what he ended up with. So not a Maddox because Maddox is under a hundred, but it was dominant. I mean. He had complete and total control of the zone. He knew what he was throwing. And I think Luke Maley deserves a lot of credit, too, for calling such a great game. Yeah, Luke Maley. Who would have thought that? He, what, part of the correct timber magic is he's, what, hit in every game or three out of his first four games or something like that that he's been up in, brought in a couple runs. Key hits, too. Like, we're talking extra bases. Not, like, just little, like, dinky hits. I mean, he's contributing which is awesome especially with Pina out and Narvaez getting a little more rest you know getting saving the knees <laughs> yeah first four games up he had to hit three of them doubles like you said so the extra bases there I almost forgot that yeah he was the one calling for Adrian Hauser that day because you mentioned his efficiency he had what 76 strikes out of 100 and 25 of the 29 batters he faced started off with a first pitch strike. So yeah, I that's mean, the definition of attacking. He was zoned in, and it's crazy. I mean, you know, you look at ump scorecard, umpire scorecards on Twitter, and the calls, like the zone, actually favored the Cardinals a little bit on that. Like, it wasn't dramatic, but it's not like Hauser was getting all these kind of cheap calls, like extended zone. I mean, he was throwing it in the zone yeah no kidding and yeah so like obviously labor day weekend my brewer watching ability was in and out so at american family fields when did like the crowd start kind of getting like oh he has the chance to do this was there like a a surge in the energy at all or anything or a little buzz um i mean i feel like well first i mean he took a perfect game into the fifth inning so i mean not really on perfect game watch at that point. But I think kind of towards the sixth or seventh inning when his pitch count was still in the seventies, I think it started kind of the realization that, Hey, he might go the distance. And I'm glad that he was able to, especially earlier in the season. I mean, he was pulled after seven, no hit inning or six, no hit innings in like pulled from the, in the seventh inning. So I'm glad he was able to, go the distance first complete game for the Brewers since I believe Jimmy Nelson in 2017 and first shutout since Kyle Loesch, which man, that's a, like would not have guessed it'd be Hauser. <laughs> no, nobody had Hauser picked to break this. Cause it was, you mentioned seven years since the last complete game shutout. That was over like 1100 games, which was an MLB record. So <laughs> like obviously you think of the big trio and you're like yeah one of them's gonna get it but you know with Burns and all those guys are high strikeout guys so like they necessarily don't have a great pitch count most of the time like Hauser is able to 
in this one. And he obviously got some help from his defense. I think that pick by Rowdy Telez, I think it was the fifth inning to turn a double play on Molina. That was pretty good. And then I was glad he was able to keep going. Kind of like you said, he took that liner in, I think it was the seventh inning. I don't know if it caught him on the leg or the glove, but it was still, it still got the out and still went out and pitched the next inning. Yeah. And I mean, he still had seven strikeouts. It's not like he was, I mean, he's a ground ball pitcher, but it's not like everyone was just on the ground. I mean, he was actually, I think, doing like, I mean, seven strikeouts. So, again, up in the Brewers average because they were averaging 5.4, I think, is what the number was, like, for starters. So, I mean, just a complete dominant performance, which, you know, coming off an off day on Friday for the team, like, I just, it was, it was good. I mean, you know. Friday just didn't feel like it existed. And so it's a nice two-game sweep against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it was a 4 nothing game for Hauser because obviously we put up four runs in the first couple innings, and it felt like we could have picked up a lot more. Obviously, you had a couple of base runners get thrown out. Urias and I think Escobar were the two thrown out. Um, great plays by Carlson and O'Neill in the outfields. Um, but, you know, still four four runs, that's you know, it's not. It's still a relatively close game to to keep him in there the whole time. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that CC stuck with him, had the faith there, like you said, because as we learned after Friday night's game, we are no longer allowed to talk about uh, records on the podcast because nope. that 15 run game sucked. <laughs> yeah, it um, it got rough. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna pretend it didn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> Oh, man, but things you cannot make up that did happen, Dan Vogelbach, wow, can you paint that picture any better coming in off the bench, bases loaded, walk-off Grand Slam against the Cardinals of all teams? That was just something. No, I mean, you really, you can't. I mean, comes in 1-0 count and... I I'm like honestly I go back and forth as to which call was better, like the the levering call or you could call on the radio, but they just perfectly I think encapsulated it. And in there, one ball and no strikes. Swing and a drive to right and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here, gone for Daniel Vogelback. He just hit a walk off grand slam home. But, no, I mean, that was, you know, every kid dreams of hitting a walk-off Grand Slam down by three, and he got to live it. <laughs> he sure did. Did you hear the uh, Cardinals broadcast version of the walk-off? Oh, my. That was amazing. He, um, just the complete antithesis of everything that Euchre or Levering brought to the, to the game, to the call. The most vanilla play call I have ever heard. <laughs> so I was like, that guy is not having it. Nope. <laughs> He's <No>. done. <laughs> you know, he. I'd be curious to like play back what his reaction was, that Cardinal announcer's reaction was when Ryan Braun hit that go-ahead grand slam. Was that last year already? Or was that two years ago when he did that? I don't remember. I'd like to say it was 2019 because I think I remember hearing fans 
like I'm when I'm replaying it in my mind, I'm hearing fans, but I can't say with the hundred with any certainty. Yep, it was 2019. Okay. So, I mean, really, it's kind of like a deja vu moment. Obviously, that was in Bush Stadium when Braun did that. That wasn't a, it was a go-ahead Grand Slam. This is a walk-off, so whatever. Yeah. The dramatics are still the same in my book. I agree, especially on Ryan Braun bobblehead night True. or day. Like, it, um, I mean, you just couldn't ask for it better, especially celebrating Braun's go-ahead homer when, to give the Brewers a division lead. Now, I mean, it didn't give the Brewers a division lead, but it did give them the biggest lead in franchise history, 11 games coming into today. But, no, I mean, you couldn't have scripted that out better if you tried. Yeah, and it pushed the Cardinals back to three in the wild card. So, even though I'm not, the Cardinals aren't a team I'm scared of, I still would love to just bury them and <laughs> win in this series, I think. You know, it doesn't, doesn't bury them by any means, but definitely is a good a good win for us, good series win. And that Grand Slam, man, I'm not going to get over that for a while because it was so frustrating leading up to that because how many – we had at least two innings with the bases loaded prior to that. Christian mm-hmm. Yelich had a chance in the eighth, and Goldschmidt just made a ridiculous play over there at first. I mean, that probably would have cleared the bases if it got over his head. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that goes down the line. It's a scorcher. You're looking at – I don't remember who was on base, but I know that it wasn't – I can, I'm pretty confident it wasn't Telez or anyone who's kind of more who's slower. So I'm guessing that yeah, I mean, base you're looking at probably easy double, possibly triple with Yelich's legs. Yeah, I would chalk that up to a triple with Yelich, like you said. And he just man, Goldschmidt had a few nice plays this series. Uh, he is a Gold Glover after all. But. Yeah. Man, there was a, just a lot of good defense, too. I mentioned the the outfield assists from the Cardinals. Goldschmidt had a few. Um, so credit to the Cardinals there in that regard. Um, but, you know, you know, also credit the Brewers' offense because in what Adrian Hauser's game, we got Kim out of the out of the ball game in, what, the second inning? Yeah, <laughs> third it, was inning. Very, it was a very short leash. Urias started the game off with a homer, and then it just kind of – the hits kept coming for the Brewers. I mean, they only, I mean, not only they brought across four, but they definitely could have brought across even more. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they did so without Willie Adamas, who now is officially on the IL, which kind of sucks. I mean, they've been resting him, you know, quite a bit here over the last couple of weeks, had him in and out of the lineup. And now it's just got to a point where <laughs> we need him come October. So you know, while it sucks, ultimately, it sounds like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you have Peterson, you have who can play second base. Um, Urias has been looking very good defensively. He His throws have been looking a lot better. Um, so I feel confident with him manning shortstop for the next you know week and a half. But I think it makes the most sense to just shut Adamas down for as long as he needs to be 100%. Hopefully, you know, it's not, it's just the minimum 10 days and he comes back and is loose enough, you know, uses the final two weeks to loosen up for the postseason. But at this point, the most important thing is the postseason because the Brewers have all but clinched a spot. Yeah, no kidding. Because, I mean, even if you would, like, just stop all baseball activities for the next eight or nine days and then gets a couple more weeks to see live pitches again. Yeah. I think that sets him up pretty well. And 
It also gave Pablo Reyes the chance to hit a home run on his birthday. So his first yeah. that was his first career one, I believe, at the MLB level. Um, or no, first since 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, he homered. Yeah, but still, I mean. That's another kid dream every kid has, hitting a homer on their birthday and then walk off Grand Slam. Like, it, uh, last night was like, it's kind of like in Moneyball. Like, you know, like the movie, like the scene, like with the, the 20, with Hatterberg hitting the home run to extend the streak. <laughs> yep. That's kind of what yesterday's game felt like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all you can really do now is be like, what are the Brewers going to do next to amaze us? So <laughs> I mean, that's what we're at right now. You have a good shot today to make burn to solidify Burns as the front runner. With, I mean, Bueller got just hit around yesterday, six runs and in three innings. Zach Wheeler's up today. If the Brewers, okay, if you go off a of war, which. I know has limitations, and especially Fangraphs War, which is based off of FIP. Burns is head and shoulders above the rest, but the Brewers, you know, they knock Wheeler for four or five runs today. I think that's a death blow to his campaign, and Burns is clearly elevated as a front runner at that point. Yeah, I'm very jealous that you're getting to go watch that pitching matchup. Oh, I am. That. I'm excited. My brother, I was texting my brother about it, and it's going to be probably the. I think it has to be one of the best pitching matches the Brewers have had this season. Well, we did have Burns Degrom, but that was when Degrom uh, got was out for the like injured, and that was the last time he pitched. But it's got. I mean, Woodruff Wheeler has to be up there. Oh yeah, especially this time of the year, it adds a little bit extra intensity and. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see what either one of those two guys can do today. That's gonna that's gonna be a fun game. So I hope you enjoy that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess otherwise in pitching news on like the negative side, Justin Topa sounds like he's got a another torn elbow. Uh, it sounds like he's got a history of Tommy John times two, and then had to leave in that you know that game we're gonna pretend didn't happen on Friday. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I feel really bad for him. He was obviously rehabbing the elbow pretty much majority of this year since spring training. Was able to come make a couple appearances. They weren't going really well, and you could just see him wincing out there. And this honestly could be the last we have ever seen of Justin Topa, which is kind of sad to think about. Yeah, I mean, he was such a great story last year. I mean, comes up as a 29-year-old, pitches dominates and believe he threw a total of 12 innings last year he was I mean a great story kind of a guy that seemed like he was destined to kind of become an anchor in the Brewers bullpen this year and injuries suck man and like I'm hoping wishing him all the best in this recovery I'm hopefully it's not a as serious as you know worst case scenario but you know, it's definitely got got to suck for him I definitely feel feel for him yeah, yeah, 7.2 innings last year. Uh, but like you said, like the stuff was there to impress. Like we anticipated he'd play a big role in the bullpen, like you were saying. And I guess now I'm looking at his baseball reference page. He's not arbitration eligible until 2024, so it won't be a free agent until 2027. I don't remember how many minor league options he has or anything like that, but I believe he has two left after this year. Two left. Hmm. 
Well, you have to imagine he's going to miss uh, at least 80% of next year. I haven't heard if he's going to have surgery or at all or anything like that, but it's going to be a longer recovery, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, this, I think the Brewers put him on the 60-day with the just right away, which, because, I mean, I know Council said that it was a significant injury, which... When you're messing, when you're dealing with the elbow, never a good sign. You never want to hear serious, significant. You want to hear minor. Actually, I mean, you don't want to hear any injuries, but <laughs> significant is probably one of the worst words you can, one of the worst adjectives you can hear in front of that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, and I guess yeah, Topa came in the game because we'll use we'll use we'll go back to minor here because Freddie Peralta started that game, didn't look very sharp, but came out with a shoulder feeling good. So in my book, that's a win because. Obviously, Freddie Peralta is going to play a big role down the stretch. And I think he's slated to start Wednesday's finale game against the Phillies. So, yeah, hopefully he can get back on track. Yeah, he's slated. I mean, I think that if he came out on Friday and it was any serious, like anything, like any significant or kind of any um, noticeable thing I think he definitely would have been they definitely wouldn't be scheduling him for Wednesday but I think it's a good sign and hopefully it was just a little rust coming back from 10 days I mean you can simulate games all you want but the box is a lot different when there's a when Paul Goldschmidt's in there or Nolan Arenado (laughs) for sure yeah I mean it just looked like to me like on a start on Friday just did not have the command that he normally does I mean some of them are just missing um, he only finished with two walks, but, you know, through two innings, his pitch count was up to 53, four runs had crossed already, and I was like, when you're giving up singles to the opposing pitcher, <laughs> that's usually not the greatest, even yeah. though Wainwright's a pretty good hitter. <laughs> and command is not Peralta's strength. I mean, he has enough command, but when enough command to be as great as he is, but, you know... His pitch count was getting up there. I think the Brewers probably made the right call on just pulling him because realistically, you're looking at maybe getting four innings out of him if he was continuing to pitch at that rate. So I think they made the right call on that. Yeah, I think so, too. I'll agree. And better to see what he can do going down the stretch here because our September schedule is pretty tough. Obviously, I mentioned we got the Phillies here who are – in contention for not only the NLE still, but still a wild card, even though nobody really wants the division out there. So is this still a playoff-like uh, atmosphere, at least for this next coming series here? So all the more reason for me to be jealous of you going to today's yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Phillies are right in contention for this, both the division and the second wild card spot because, I mean, the Reds and the Padres just don't seem to want to go. I mean... Both teams are just kind of spinning in place, and the Phillies, if they get a hot streak, I think they definitely will, or definitely could make some noise, especially with Harper. Yeah, just hopefully it doesn't come against us. So yeah. <laughs> I'd like to like to win another series against a playoff team. That would feel great. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. hope uh, their hot streak starts on Thursday. <laughs> there we go. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will have, uh, obviously, the recap of the Phillies coming out on, on Thursday, like you said. So we'll pray that uh, Burns and Wheeler can give us a historical performance here again today and the Brewers can knock out another series win. So 
I know you got some tailgating to do, so anyone who's going to the game today should uh, try and find Josh Waldock out there and, and hit him <laughs> up. <laughs> but, yeah, that'll do it for us, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you after the Philly series then. Yeah, let's hope for another two out of three.